0: Welcome to Attenuation, a weekly podcast where two friends come together to drink beer, discuss beer styles and trends, and just generally ruminate on the meaning of life, aka beer. If you enjoy your time with us, we invite you to become a weekly listener and subscribe to the podcast. Without further ado, here is this week's episode.
1: Welcome to episode 25 of Attenuation, a beer podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm joined by my best friend since 8th grade, Stephen. Hello. How's it going today, Stephen? Awesome. Are you excited?
0: I'm so excited.
1: (laughs) Did you do a lot of homework?
0: I've been reading, like, every day.
1: Nice. Well, because today we are doing a deep dive into Goza, which is Stephen's absolutely favorite style of beer. Also, Speaking... is
0: the best style of beer. It's not just my favorite. It's just it's just a fact that it is it is the best style of beer.
1: That's your opinion, sir. <laughs> the best style of beer it's a is fact. Is stout. Facts. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll... before we get into arguing what's the best style of beer, <laughs> we are going to drink some beer. Mm-hmm. We I think we both came prepared. I will uh, introduce my beer and give some nose notes before I hand it over to Stephen. But I'm drinking Goza's are red. So this is a Goza style ale with Syrah grapes that's been aged in oak. And this is from the brewery. And it's 5.6%. You know, I never knew. Well, I didn't
0: know this. I just learned that the name of that brewery, the brewery, it's B.R. U-E-R-Y, right? Yeah, they spell it's, it funny. Yeah, do you know why?
1: Is it like, no, I don't know.
0: Because it's the Rue family. is the, like, founders of the brewery. R-U-E.
1: Yeah, So put it into the brewery. That's clever.
0: Just a little trivia knowledge there for you. Ooh, I like so that look color. Look
1: that. It's coming, in camera, looks way more red than it actually is. It looks like... Um, yeah, like a pink champagne. It looks something. like a pink champagne in reality over here. It's very clear and there's almost no carbonation. Like, there's little tiny, like, champagne bubbles, but it's not really gathering any head. Ooh, it smells grapey. And you definitely get uh, the salinity and, uh, the, like, spiciness. Hmm, I'm excited. I'm going to dive into this one while you introduce yours.
0: Okay, cool. Enjoy. All right, so I am drinking watermelon tahine goza from Owl Farm Brewing.
1: Tahine? I- That sounds amazing.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's in Vista, California. I was, like, trying to find where it was from. Yeah. We'll talk about this a little bit more in length. But um, Goza is a salty beer. Usually salt is added to the beer. Instead of that, they use the tahini, which is kind of a spicy, salty spice. Yeah, I love Tajin. They put on, like, Mexican – you know, they put on fruit.
1: On pineapple or, like, mango. Oh, it's so good.
0: So, yeah. So, this is – Watermelon tahini goes. I love watermelon as a goza adjunct. It's one of my favorites.
1: What a clever idea. I hope this is good because I really like this idea. It could go. (laughs) It's one of those things. Two ways. Yeah, exactly.
0: I kind of like I sort of have that feeling about watermelon gozas in general or just gozas in general. Sometimes it's just like, okay, so this is pouring uh, kind of a similar color to yours, uh, sort of a pink Jolly Rancher watermelon color of a light pink light red very classic goza carbonation so very very active carbonation but no head so just very 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 bubbly it's interesting with a wheat beer you tend to have more of a retaining head because of the wheat but in the goza because of the sour and the ph and the lactic acid fermentation it tends to counteract that
1: wheat head okay that's interesting because i i did under i didn't know that i knew that a wheat beer will usually have a head that's like sustains itself. Yeah, I don't know yeah. a better way to describe it, but this is a wheat right. beer that's not doing that. Exactly.
0: So on the nose, I get that sort of lemony tartness, definitely some melon, maybe just like a really, really, really slight hop bitterness. Um, not a lot, but kind of a floral, melony hop smell too. But yeah, not a lot of the, I mean, the tajin spice isn't really coming through in the nose, but... We'll see how it tastes
1: all right so it our red is really good i would definitely drink this again it has a really like a drying the whole kind of beer it gives that drying effect like kind of dries out your mouth and but in the entrance it's like very sour and then you get like sweet red berries and salt kind of like enter next and then on the finish it's it's, like, grape, like, red wine grapes, oak, and then more salt. And then it just, like, completely dries your mouth out. Like, my mouth feels so dry right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's really good overall. Because um, I feel like it reads Goza, but um, it's, like, very fruity. And then it kind of has that barrel-age aspect. But it's not, like, overly done. Yeah, it's just, like, a, it's almost like a super Goza, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> mm. A
0: very. <laughs> like, modern interpretation exactly
1: like they've turned (laughs) they've turned things up to 11 like um but i i I mean i really like that but yeah so definitely thumbs up i would drink this again cool How
0: your tahine beer yeah i'm having an interesting time with this one (laughs) no i mean it's good kind of has this like the tahine spiciness is like very early on like right as you drink it and then it kind of mellows out into almost more of like a melony hop profile but then it kind of moves into more of this classic watermelon syrup flavor, not super sweet, and it's not super; it's not tart at all. I wouldn't even call this. I would call this very barely sour on my sour scale. But then there is a sort of underlying floral coriander flavor as well that kind of finishes um, with a, a very dry finish as well. So, um, you know. As far for as well, for watermelon, a watermelon beer, not even just watermelon goes, but a watermelon beer in general, it's pretty good. It's very drinkable, complex and, you know, it's interesting enough, you know, because you can sit with it and be like, oh, these flavors are kind of cool. The way they, they play together, I would have liked saltier and a little more sour,
1: which are two like critical components of a Goza, I feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say like the nose of this was definitely I think they got the coriander, that sort of like lemony aroma that comes with that. Uh, I think the watermelon meshed well with the into the beer. Um, yeah, I just think, like I said, they left the salt out and like and substituted with tahini. Yeah. And so that just like didn't quite work in terms of still feeling like it was kind of a salty beer. And then I think just the sour, I don't know what their sour process is or what they were, you know, like every brewer's tolerance for sour and where, where they want their sour beers to come out as it's completely different so yeah you just never know but yeah i mean i think uh i think it was definitely executed well i think it was kind of a, i'm sure it was a fun beer for them to brew and it's a fun beer to try i highly doubt i would ever try it again
1: okay so it sounds like if it was a little bit saltier and a little bit more sour you'd really like it though yeah yeah
0: because they nailed the watermelon flavor very mm-hmm. well even uh i don't know if they use maybe like an eldorado hop or something like Melanie hop that seemed to give it a nice like underkick of like hop bitterness with the melon profile
1: yeah sounds like not a thumbs up then
0: yeah i mean it's more of a like a middle hanging out in the middle
1: thumbs sideways yeah all right one thumbs up one thumb sideways today
0: fun to drink just one time
1: okay fair enough i think that's has been like the last four or five things I've drank, so. <laughs> it's like every
0: beer I drink, basically. Like, <laughs> I just wanted to try it and see if this was even remotely good. You know what? You know what I drank yesterday? <laughs> I'll post this on Instagram in a couple days, but it was an Evil Twin Root Beer Sour.
1: Oh no! It was
0: a sour ale brewed with root beer syrup.
1: That sounds horrible. Was it good?
0: It was terrible. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I guess, yeah. I got like maybe four sips in and then I was like okay I'm good like I'd probably just rather have a root (laughs) beer
1: right (laughs) yeah sometimes I think they push it too far with the creativity
0: (laughs) yep I still have a cola one in my fridge as well so
1: oh I'm gonna go ahead and predict that's gonna be revolting as well (laughs)
0: <laughs> Judging now from the root beer winnings. <laughs>
1: Definitely headed so, in that I direction. I Root beer and cola and beer don't seem like they should mix. Have you had the alcoholic Mountain Dew yet? No. Nah. Not me either. I haven't even seen it. If I see it, I'll buy it. Okay. we will drink one.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen it either.
1: Yeah. All right, so that was a drink and beer. Next, we have some beer news. Um, we're going to talk about some of the people that won... Was it the Brewers' Cup in California?
0: Yes, the California Craft Brewers' Cup was last week. Again, this is just a beer competition, uh, not a festival or anything. So it's kind of cool. Just uh, going through the list of winners and seeing some of the names that were familiar. California is a very big state, and there's a lot of breweries. So there's quite a few that I had never heard of before. That So, anyway, congratulations to them. But I did want to mention a few breweries that I have heard of and that did very well. Actually, this is from uh, uh, Jason's Stomping Grounds, Super Owl Brewing, which is from Davis, California.
1: Really? They won something?
0: They got third place in the Belgian Strong Ale category.
1: Wow, that's impressive.
0: Maybe there were only three entries. I don't know. (sighs)
1: So... But I no, think I, it's, Super Owl. Um, it's a really cute place. I went there like when they first opened, so I don't think it's a fair assessment. Um, but I wasn't blown away. <laughs> I mean,
0: they're very small. They're very new. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that's the thing, too, is like I give a lot of um, leeway to a newer brewery because even if you have some like really good recipes, like scaling them up like that, it takes a really long time to dial them back in so I do need to get out there and try them again because the the people i I don't know if I met the owner but they're really awesome like and it's a it has a really cool like um aesthetic and vibe so that's i'm I'm glad they want something that's really cool
0: yeah yeah very exciting for them knee deep brewing uh you may have seen breaking bad was it breaking bad i p a or breaking what's it do they do breaking bud? Breaking Bud, yeah. yeah. I was like, I know it's not actually Breaking Bad, but I yeah. couldn't remember the pun they made. Yeah, Breaking Bud IPA. But anyway, their Simtra, which is another one you'll see. Have you ever had Simtra? I have not. Yeah. Anyway, that one for American Imperial IPA. For they they won gold for that.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I I always liked Breaking Bud. They were they supposedly got sued for the imagery on the can and stuff. I don't know. I was if,
1: gonna say I don't know if you knew that, but they got a. I think they got like a cease and desist really yeah that's so stupid
0: yeah like so it's, not, are they using different
1: can now? Or? i i want to say it's the same so maybe they yeah, resolved like it the yeah, maybe but it's tough. like dude if you're doing an homage to something you like it's yeah. basically free advertising for your show so maybe just chill yeah exactly <laughs> yeah.
0: anyway i always thought that was funny but yeah. uh so the other one uh new glory which is in sacramento one day, when you like, if you ever return to going into work for real, <laughs>
1: yeah, I know,
0: you should pick some New Glory beer because it's like right out there.
1: Yes, New Glory is close, close to where I work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but there, it's one of those weird ones where you're like in the middle of this like strange industrial park, and you're oh, like, oh yeah,
1: I've been, th- I've been there. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: is there a brewery here? <laughs> and, and then there is randomly. But yeah, so there, um, Uba Dank American IPA. Got second place in that category, and they and their goza, their key lime goza, which is fantastic. And in fact, I think I even posted on Instagram. I drank it a, a little while back. I was able to get some from Craft Shack. It's so good, so good. Uh, so congratulations to New Glory for getting two second place awards there in the IPA and goza categories. Alaro, have you been to Alaro? No. It's in downtown Sac. Oh, okay. Their Castillo IPA, I feel like, has won tons of awards in, in the past as well. In fact, I think it won gold at the Great American Beer Festival the last time we went. Uh, but anyway, they won gold for their English-style IPA, Castillo. So That's cool. But yeah, so those are... Oh, and they also won second place for their stout, uh, Maria.
1: Oh, now I want to try that.
0: Yeah, I think you should check out Alaro. And that's about it. That's... um. It's pretty cool, though, that some Sacramento um, Davis-area breweries won. Super Owl actually got on there for their sweet stout as well called Nerd Out. They got a third-place award.
1: Wow. Okay, I'm going to have to get back over to Super Owl.
0: Yeah, maybe they're they're doing good stuff now.
1: Yeah, sounds like it.
0: Uh, the only other name I really recognized was Mike Hess Brewing, which is one of my favorite San Diego brewers. Mm-hmm. They make one of my all-time favorite Berliner Weiss Years called my other vice they got third place for their imperial stout called umbricks so so pretty cool it's cool that they're um you know still doing these competitions
1: yeah no, it's a great uh, way to discover stuff it sounds like some are really close to me so
0: yeah always cool to check out some of these uh lists nice. and see like hey i never heard of that um there was humble c i think they won first place in the goza category be interesting to kind of like search out for those beers and see if i can find something from them so there's a beer news for this week very cool some of the breweries in california that are making doing it right (laughs) making some good beers
1: nice all right are you ready for the main topic sir
0: i guess i'm as ready as i could ever be
1: (laughs) a deep dive into goza
0: you feel somewhat s- inadequate, but
1: nah, you're gonna do great. I'm sure. I have. I did a lot of research too, so I can supplement your efforts.
0: Cool. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. Like I've said many times, goes is my favorite style of beer, that came early on from drinking them, and uh, but the love kind of grew as I learned more of the history, and um. You know, some of the themes are similar to other styles of beer that we've done deep dives on, right? Where, like, the beer sort of dies out and has to be revived by, like, one person who loves that style. That's actually happened multiple times with Goza.
1: Yeah, I don't know how we still have Goza after researching the history.
0: It's crazy. And really, you kind of have to split it into, like, sort of three eras. Of Goza because really this is this is a thousand year old beer style. Um, there's record record of it being brewed uh, around you know the eleventh century, and then you kind of have that like you have another era of Goza that kind of goes from like fifteen hundred to like seventeen fifty, and then you have that. And then you have, like, a third era of Goza, which is, like, 1750 to the present. So they're kind of overlapping, um, like, geographically and time, like, when one dies out and when one is, like, starting to get popular in, like, a different area. But overall, there's sort of three different um, eras of Goza and probably three different taste profiles, honestly, somewhat. It's hard to say what the very original goza was but at the time you know in the 11th century probably almost every beer being brewed at this time is either sour or much stronger so uh, a higher alcohol beer doesn't sour because you know those those bacterial and yeast agents can't work in that higher alcohol environment so they don't sour Right, but anything lighter than that, anything, you know all this stuff is like wild fermented, I mean, yeah, a lot honestly, the first goza was, was there was probably no yeast pitched at all, like for a long time, um, so you know, beers brewed in this time period, and they weren't using hops, they were using a thing called gruit. you know, so it's just very early beer making days, and so again, it would be hard to know for sure what this beer tasted like, but. This beer, um, so it's, we'll do a little intro to it. It's Goza. It's spelled G-O-S-E, but pronounced Goza. Not to be confused with Goose, which is, we've talked about in the, the Lambic episode is a, a blend of different Lambics. Right. So totally different style, not even related. Goose is a Flemish word, uh, from Belgium. This is Goza. It is named from the city of Gosler and the Goza river that flows through Goslar. So that's where this name the name comes from. Goslar is a small mining town. It's at the base of the Harz mountains in Rammelsburg. The area was it was discovered that there was silver disp- deposits in the mountains. So it quickly became a very popular mining town. A little
1: silver rush.
0: Yep. There was a silver rush to that area. It was a huge trading spot, and a became a a respite place for kings and and uh, politicians. There was a huge palace built in Goslar in the eleventh century or twelfth century. Uh, this was a very popular place, and the goza beer. There's very few records of this beer at the time. So really it's just every once in a while you they they find writings of someone like Otto the Great um wrote uh something about like this wonderful goza beer from Goslar, you know. And this was like in the 11th century. So you have like, you know, writings from like 1181 and another one from 1239 and another one from like 1332 just random mentions of like a side so i had this amazing beer yeah (laughs) yeah exactly um you know and there's just not a lot of like writing at the at this time not a lot of like people that are literate even wealthier people so there's just sometimes the records just weren't that good uh but it was interesting to like every once in a while have a reference to this Goza beer pop up.
1: So this is like the first era of Goza. It's almost kind of lost to time and the lack of records.
0: Exactly. But because of these like such early records and references to this beer, it's considered to be one of the earliest distinct styles of beer, which is pretty cool.
1: Okay, that is really cool.
0: So what's really interesting is this beer became so popular that in the 14th century... Uh, it was the most imported beer m- exported out of Goslar and imported to other parts of Germany. And even uh, Hamburg, Germany, like created tax laws against exported beer or imported beer into Hamburg because Goslar was so popular and it was like the the most imported beer into Hamburg. So the problem with... Uh, mining towns is that when the resource dries up so do the city
1: <laughs> yeah the town goes
0: <laughs> and so that's kind of what happened with Gosler. uh it just sort of became lost to history that little town still exists um but it's very much a shell of what it used to be um because there's just no silver mining there anymore and it didn't be you know, it lost its status. Uh, but there were so many surrounding cities started brewing this Goza beer that uh, it still kind of lived on. The most important being Leipzig, Germany, which is about 90 miles east of Gosler. This is kind of the second era of Goza, is the Leipzig Goza. Okay. Probably the most, most like what we are drinking now. Uh, a salty beer with coriander mildly hopped low alcohol uh highly carbonated so this leipzig area blows up like crazy it is a super popular beer i mean these are like kings queens politicians everyone on the road to and leipzig was kind of on the road like it's a p- uh, prominent town on the trade road. and people traveled from all over to get this leipzig goes beer there were a lot of rules about like each tavern had a like certain beers that they could serve and certain beers they couldn't serve okay and um at one point like oh well, prince leopold of prussia he had had a a soldier that served under him who he became very good friends with he was a great soldier and prince leopold had him serve as his, like, personal valet after the war because he just loved this guy so much. And then when he left that service, uh, this guy and his wife went and they opened a tavern north of Leipzig. So Prince Leopold goes to visit his friend in this tavern, and he's expecting to drink some, like, good beer. And he drinks his beer, and he's like, this is horrible, I spit out. <laughs> and he's like, why why didn't you have the leipzig Goza?" And like friends, like I can't like this. We're not allowed to serve that here. So Prince Leopold ended up putting a, a lot of political pressure on the city council to change the rules for his friend. Wow! And and it became one of the most you know most visited taverns to so get scoes of beer, just thanks to Prince Leopold.
1: <laughs> it's to have friends in high places.
0: Yeah, right. There's a great poem from that era uh, written about. Leipzig Goza and it is many have died but Utrecht's army is not ruined yet new sprouts come endlessly every year continuously who can take in the soothing Goza beer Wow, it was very popular
1: apparently before I told <laughs> about
0: it so the problem with beer journeys beer style journeys is what you've um, noticed is that war takes a huge toll on beer styles yes certain beer styles and that's kind of what happened with the leipzig goza is that the napoleonic wars in that area just took a toll on everything um breweries included first
1: time goza is affected by war
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly Uh, um i guess
1: that's the, the downside of being a thousand years old you had to see a lot of wars
0: yep exactly especially in Central Europe,
1: yeah,
0: (laughs) it's kind of a theme of Central (laughs) Europe, because even like in the uh, Thirty Years War, same thing. Like French took over a lot of that area, and they were wine drinkers, so a lot of breweries got shut down or turned into wineries, and they, you know, French were not going to drink Goza beer,
1: so.
0: (laughs) so you know stuff like that. Those, these are sort of some of the rises and falls, and again, like these, these time periods kind of sort of overlap. And things happen like things will happen in a vacuum. Um, but it's just a sort of continuous rise and fall of popularity. Certainly the biggest popularity would be Leipzig, Germany in this Uh It's definitely when it's uh, was most popular um, in 1824. Uh, there was a merchant named Johann Gadecki he acquired this large estate um, at the end of the napoleon's uh, end of napoleon's german occupation Um, and he was very much interested in brewing a goza on his estate so he was able to pull this other brewer from a a more well-known brewery his name was Johann lederman he was able to convince him to come with him and start brewing this goza because he had tried on his own, and it wasn't very successful. So he brought this guy in, helped him save the Goza. Well, they, they started brewing the beer on the manor, and it was, like, completely in-house. So all the grain they used was what they grew. All wow. the coal they used for the fire is coal they, like, they mined. All the ingredients to the beer was grown on the estate. So it ended up becoming known as the—it was the— uh, the Dolnitz the the Dolnitz Manor, it became known as the Manor House Dolnitz Goza. So okay. It it was its own style of goza. And it was extremely popular. They ended up serving that beer at the um you could find that at that the tavern of that that guy's Prince Leopold's friend. Uh and it was the the market leader, Goza. The other funny thing, way ahead of their time They limited production on purpose.
1: Oh, to drive up, like,
0: desirability. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Real trendsetters.
0: Right. So all you beer snobs who get upset about (laughs) Kleinity Younger being only brewed once a year, and they get brewed all the time, blah, blah, blah. This is not new, okay? Yeah. Brewers long ago knew how to manipulate demand for their beer. So, that's well,
1: yeah. So this, this is-
0: I think you, this is about the time too, and you, you, you did a little bit of research on the like the long neck bottle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if it wasn't in a barrel, which a lot of it was, they yes. also bottled some of it in a strange way.
1: Is this the what we talked about? Yeah. This is so weird and so cool. <laughs> But it kind of it grosses me out, too.
0: Do you want to talk about how they corked the bottle?
1: Yeah, so they would pour, the ones they bottled, they would have these traditional, like, bottles where the bottom is really big, like a bulb almost, but, like, flat. And then it has a really long neck. And they would put it in, put the goza in, but they wouldn't put any cap or cork or anything to, like, seal it. Um, But during the secondary fermentation, the yeast would end up, like, going up the neck of the bottle and making a natural, like, seal. So, I don't know. I know when I drink beer, I'm drinking a lot of, like, yeast byproducts. And (laughs) that's, like, a little bit too much of a realistic reminder (laughs) if I have to, like, peel this plug of yeast out to drink my beer. I don't know about that
0: pretty awesome but,
1: but it's actually really it's an ingenious way to like seal the beer <laughs> at like just the right time and then you don't have to worry about you know putting a cork in it so that's fascinating yeah.
0: they don't still do awesome. that
1: do they no
0: no not like anything you would ever see now um it would that, not be convenient
1: like, to drink out of
0: yeah well and i don't even know how you like break that scoby seal right
1: right don't
0: i don't know have- the mysteries
1: mysteries of time.
0: Yeah, so the next sort of fall of goza was really the early 1900s. You had first world war in Germany again war affecting beer styles. Even sort of leading up to that, you had this trend towards pilsners um stuff that was easier to store for a long time, which loggers were. Mm-hmm. So you kind of had this sort of change in ta- beer taste towards the loggers and pilsers.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> There's actually people got so used to drinking that and and they would come to drink the goza and they would actually they'd ask like, is this drinkable? <laughs> when they drank it.
1: Because they thought it was bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. Actually one of the taverns that served goza, there they were named um One Bedekin. Which means without concern. And that was <laughs> that was always his response to is this drinkable? And his response would be without, without concern. Without
1: concern. That's amazing.
0: Although there was also a theme. <laughs> so drinking wheat beers, highly wheated beers with live yeast was becoming uncommon for these people. They're used to lagers with no wheat in them. So lots of times people get upset tummies from I said tummies, like I must be <laughs> father of two you know, <laughs> children. You have two young children. Um, upset yeah. stomachs.
1: <laughs> some... is um, that celiacs or what's that? Was it celiacs or is this like
0: a No, just just like okay. great, like wee intolerance. Like yeah. not just like not being used to drinking live yeast wee beers.
1: Okay.
0: Um so there was this, like, joke about Goza causing, like, diarrhea.
1: Oh, no, that's not good for the brand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another poem. There's lots of poems written about Gozas. It's a very wow. romantic. as a romantic history. This is the Ode to Goza from 1856. A beer brewed in Leipzig, which they call Goza, goes to your head at times and sometimes in your pants.
1: <laughs> that's the whole poem. Goes to your head That's the to Goza. Sometimes your pants. Sometimes
0: in your pants. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> that's very interesting.
0: Oh. If there yes. ever was an <laughs> endorsement of Goza, that? <laughs>
1: that's not a shining <laughs> or ringing endorsement. It's like, hey, 50 50, you're going to feel good. Yeah, you might have to use the restroom. <laughs>
0: But this was a sign of the weakening of the human gut. <laughs> Couldn't even handle a little sour wheat beer.
1: Oh my All gosh. they could
0: handle was their weak pilsner.
1: <laughs> so, what year are we about at? We're still. This is.
0: So we're in like the 1920s. Okay, where it goes it? Sort of falling like wading out. Waning in
1: popularity. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, any like historical distinct beer style is basically going away just because the war was so hard on like these small breweries
1: yeah i read like in world war ii the german government like nationalized a lot of the breweries and just to have them produced for the war and they didn't want fancy
0: beer yeah you know exactly
1: yeah
0: or difficult beer right or like
1: a difficult they didn't want to deal with the uh what's the um plug the yeast plug called
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs)
1: scoby yeah, I mean,
0: even even with this, like the the Vatican Brewery, or Tavern, I should say, um, they served Goza until 1958. Okay. They didn't make it past 1958.
1: Wait, is this our first or second? This is our second hero of Goza. I think there's like three or four individuals that saved Goza. But this is right uh, around the time when uh, Frederick Wurzler...
0: Okay. You'll have to talk about that. I didn't see that name come up.
1: Oh, okay. So this is, like, I was waiting until we get about to this point. But I guess Frederick Wurzler had worked at the Dolnitz Brewery and knew the techniques for brewing Goza. Okay. So before he dies, he passes the recipe to his stepson, uh, Guido uh, Fissner, And then he was brewing Goza in a super small private brewery even though there was like almost no demand. But like for a little while, he was like holding the torch <laughs> of the Goza style, which is crazy because this happened like three or four times. And then in the late – and then the next thing I researched, and maybe this will – um, maybe this is where you're going next. But uh, in the 80s, Lothar Gold Goldhan stepped in
0: yes, and ag- yeah, and
1: again saved the style.
0: Yeah, and I am seeing now. I missed that Wurzler name, but I saw. Yeah, I'm seeing that now. Yeah, him and his stepson.
1: They're kind of crazy. And then, uh,
0: it's
1: yeah, crazy it's just a- to think about them making something that's not popular for, I don't know, what is that, twenty or thirty years, <laughs> and now, like, think of Goza. Now it's everywhere, but like it's so in a little twist of fate, it could it could be gone, it could be lost. So it's just kind of cool.
0: Yeah, I mean. I think the Wurzler Brewery closed in um, 1966 um, because uh, Guido died of a heart attack randomly
1: oh, while damn. gardening.
0: And it just like, you know, there just weren't that many people who knew how to brew Goza. Yeah. There were only like a handful of pubs even that wanted it, that
1: wanted to serve
0: it. Like,
1: it's ins- it's insane.
0: Like the, a style, like a historical style of beer that was like literally the height, like the most demanded beer. For, like, hundreds of years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It hangs, like, in the balance of just, like, one or two people. <laughs>
1: it's crazy. Like, and we've found this in, like, every single beef dive we've done.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. a little
1: bit of survivorhood bias. It's, like, um, there's probably, like, yeah, like, how many beer styles, styles died that out, died like, out. Yeah. yeah, because there wasn't the one person that carried it on. So like, But it's yeah. fascinating just how many styles... Fell down to like almost one place making it, or one person, or one brewery, and then and then now it's like the craft beer revolution. I feel like everything is safe again, so because everyone's making Goza, but it it, it was a close shave like many times.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned uh, Lothar Goldhahn, right? Yes. Yeah. So he again, very single handedly. Save <laughs> yeah. Goza, Because that would have been the end of the Goza story without him. And he became obsessed with restoring the One Bedigan tavern back to its original.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. So he like found everything he possibly could. Signs, advertisements, writings, anything he could find that mentioned Goza. You know, so like to decorate the tavern. Um, he bought it back. Actually, it it had be, become like become a like a community facility, and then it became like an X ray, <laughs> oh, like medical building, and then uh, closed down. So he was able to like buy it, bring it back to life. And in 1986, they reopened the Oni Bennington Tavern. This is. Crazy to me that, what is this, like 30 years later? 30 years later, this guy is like obsessed with this style of beer and he's like, I want to bring back this tavern. <laughs> it's freaking amazing.
1: It's pretty cool. Could you imagine being so interesting? I'm so boring compared to this guy. <laughs> like, I just want to drink a beer and eat a good meal and watch a movie with my wife, and this guy's like, I will revive Goza in its original building.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he actually, um, he's hell-bent on brewing it in Leipzig. He thinks that there's no other place it should be brewed. Um, but he's having a hard time because so he's reopening this tavern, but he needs someone to brew the beer. And um, no one, even wants to touch it. He finally finds a Berliner Weiss brewery, out, a little bit outside of town, okay. that decides to take it on. This is kind of a cool, like, overlap of two styles, two of my favorite styles. Uh, the Berliner Weiss is a low ABV tart German wheat ale, uh, but more of a basic uh, ale, whereas the Goza adds the salt and the coriander, and it's a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Uh, these are two very similar styles, as especially as, like, now they've evolved into sort of being base sour ales for, like, heavily heavy fruit additions and um you know the modern style has taken these these beers and used them as bases for lots of weird things. Yeah. But yeah, it was cool that this Berliner Weiss brewery was like, yeah, we'll do it. You know? So they brewed the goza. They brewed it until nineteen eighty eight. Then they decided that they didn't want to do any more. They wanted to focus on their Berliner Weiss because the there was an upcoming celebration of like it was like a 750th anniversary of Berlin of the city of Berlin. So, they had to get ready for that with their Berlin style uh Weiss. So, they stopped brewing the Goza. They had to <laughs> they ended up for a while continuing to buy the Berliner Weiss. From this brewery and then they would add coriander and salt to it
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
0: <laughs> to try and mimic like, it was like it wasn't exactly goes, real yeah. yeah it wasn't perfect but it was you know better than nothing and then fortunately in 1990 you had an even bigger explosion of people being able to visit these taverns because the communist party fell And now like just business is open and uh, people are more free to travel and spend money. And uh, the tavern, like it's almost impossible to get a seat.
1: Wow. It's very popular again.
0: But it does almost die out again, mostly because they're having such a hard time trying to find someone to brew this beer and continue to brew it. So Thomas Schneider is the. Another name in our Goza saviors. Yes. Uh, Thomas Schneider in 1999 um, uses his brewery to start. He actually turns a train station in Leipzig, Germany into a Goza brewery. So he, he had had another brewery, um, and then he opened this new one in Leipzig to brew Goza. So he cool. kind of took that mantle and said, I'm going to save it.
1: Another very interesting yeah. person.
0: Exactly. <laughs> And then this is where the timing gets interesting because in the late 90s early 2000s is when you start to hear about this beer outside of Germany okay a few people um, you know you have the craft beer revolution now in the United States heating up it's still very IPA heavy but there was also this movement towards like finding other stuff not just the next new hop but something else and different strange styles and historical styles. Still, as popular as Goza was, and as long of the history as it had, it was still very, very unknown. Uh, there's a man named Michael Jackson. He's mm-hmm. a huge beer historian in the Super United States.
1: Influential too. Yeah. yeah.
0: He didn't even mention it in any of his writings in his book. He didn't even mention it in his original book. He he had an original book of like beer history, beer styles and stuff. He didn't even mention Goza.
1: Wow, that's well, crazy.
0: Yeah, it wasn't until 2004 I think it shows up. I think there had been a few presentations on Goza and in, in like different brewery home convention, homebrew conventions and stuff. It had been mentioned. Um, this is like late 90s, early 2000s. But so many people kind of heard of like sour wheat ale with salt and coriander and they were like, okay, that's never going to be popular. <laughs> So really, like into 20 the late 2000, like 2010, ghost is still very much unknown in the beer industry. I think in 2008, there were nine Gozas. Five of those were in Germany, four in the United States. Nine.
1: That's really crazy. In
0: 2008. That's not that long ago. No. In 2012... Westbrook brewing, which I think is in somewhere in the East Coast, they decided to brew try to brew a Leipzig goza. And it became the first like really popular American brewed Leipzig goza uh was Westbrooks. I've had that one actually. Oh it's, nice. It's pretty good. So that's kind of and then it just sort of blew up from there. I mean you you started to see them brewed more frequently, especially as the sour beer revolution started which was kind of 2010 early 2010s that started to really uh explode not anything like it is now i mean 10 years later now it's like it's hard to go into it'd be weird to go into a brewery not and not have one sour on
1: i was gonna say i didn't realize this is so recent like i guess it makes sense what you're saying 2008 i would have been in like just out of college I don't remember Goza anywhere, but if you pull up, if you put in Goza and Beer Advocate right now, there's 4,141 ranked Gozas. So that happened in like the last, you know, 13 years. That's insane.
0: Yeah, that's a huge, <laughs> <shame>. huge, <laughs> huge proliferation huge of CJ. the style,
1: yeah. So yeah, I guess there really was something about it. made that's why everyone wrote those poems.
0: I mean, it's a great <laughs> style of beer. <laughs>
1: Wait, did you say it's the
0: greatest? My (laughs) opinion is that it's the
1: greatest. (laughs) All right, fair enough.
0: I mean, I did read an article one time. The article was titled, Craft Beer is Dead. And the whole article was the reporter reporting that, like, she drank a Goza and it was horrible. And this obviously means that, like, the craft beer revolutions run out of ideas. Like, they can't do anything good or new. Like, they have to... For some beer that nobody likes and is horrible.
1: Yeah.
0: And I was like, well, one, you may have just had a bad one. Two, maybe you just, I, lots of things in beer are acquired tastes, you know? Not everyone's going to like it the first time, or sometimes people may just never like a certain style of beer, but I don't know. To nice. declare that craft beer was dead because she didn't like this one style.
1: She listens to the, <laughs> the podcast, sounds like. Yeah,
0: it was a little much. <laughs> Yeah, my one of my all-time goals is to go to Leipzig, Germany and drink a goza at the uh, House of Goza, Oedne Bed Bedenken, without concern. In Germany. I was going
1: to say, do you want to go? And then can we go to Goslar and go see the Goza River? Is there an active a uh, brewing facility in Go- in Goslar or I don't think so. Oh,
0: okay. you know what? I think there is, but um what's really weird is that somebody opened it. I can't remember the name of that guy. Somebody did open a Goza brewing facility in Goslar and they were trying to like be very true to the original Goslar Goza. Yeah. And it's not sour.
1: Oh. Yeah, and they
0: they claim that the, the the original Goza wasn't. Okay. A lot of my information is from a book written by Fal Allen. He is the head brewer at Anderson Valley. He's fell in love with Goza as well and and fell in love with brewing the style and the history of the style. He wrote a book all on Goza. That's where I'm getting a lot of my information.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: he He seems to think from his research and his historical um, uh, looking through the historical writings and and stuff he thinks it's very unlikely that it was not sour. Like, gotcha. just Mainly because of brewing techniques at the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. When I was doing my research, well, a couple of cool things they said, and I don't know if this is true, but they they think the salinity of Goza was because of the Goza River, like the water source they used. Mm-hmm. And then um, also, I don't know what time period or what era of Goza this was, but they said at certain points when it was made, like they didn't even boil it. So, Mm -hmm. I I don't know how it wouldn't be sour if you're not, you know what I mean? Like, these things are getting basically spontaneously fermented. So, yeah, I I would imagine it'd be sour, but...
0: Yeah, and like I was saying earlier, at the time, like, either you had a stronger beer, which was higher ABV that kept it from souring, or you had a beer that you drank very quickly, you didn't let ferment very long, those are the only two reasons a beer wouldn't be sour. right anything that was aged for any or fermented for any uh, longer period of time was was gonna be sour
1: so. okay so are we adding this to the bucket list our Germany trip that'd yep. be hard there'd be a lot of places we have to go but I guess this would be like number one
0: yeah I mean that's the problem is I would like if you're gonna go all that way I feel like you should just do a lot of stuff like Belgium
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> That would be pretty cool, just to do Belgium and Germany and do kind of like a beer trip, you know?
1: Yeah, that'd be anyway. really awesome and see some of those historical places.
0: Yeah, All
1: right, add it to uh, the bucket list, sir.
0: But yeah, definitely going to Leipzig, Germany. Okay. Drinking, drinking a goza—that's like my ultimate goal, one day.
1: All right, what I'll, I'll go. With, I'll go with you.
0: And like I said, at that point, I won't so much as just die, but I will like my
1: I'll just
0: <laughs> send.
1: You'll ascend into heaven. Into nirvana. The gates will just open. Yeah. That sounds pretty nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have another great quote from this book. Okay. This is uh, from another writing. I'm not sure what year this was, but when, okay, so when asking a Goza drinker about his favorite drink, as you can see, his eyes light up. A well matured Goza is for the expert who explored and got to know the nuances in taste at length. Above everything, he calls it his drink, God's drink. Tasty and thirst-quenching. Seemingly sour but full-flavored, and at the same time, stimulating digestion. This golden, bright drink invites to cheerful pleasure.
1: Wow. That was a succinct summary of the style. <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> a little sour, a little salty, gives you diarrhea.
1: Sometimes gives you the boobs. <laughs> stimulates <laughs> digestion. Right? I like that's a very that's careful a little... and elegant way to phrase that. You know, <laughs> s- stimulates digestion. Uh, with without uh, concern. <laughs> uh, I I
0: should uh, I should revamp that meme, you know, the pawn the pawn moors meme. You know, whereas it's like coffee. Like yeah. I need some energy, and he goes. Best I can do is a poop. Yes. <laughs> I gotta revamp that to goza. Like I would like a beer.
1: <laughs> Best I can do is
0: a. Uh, I'd like to get drunk. No. Best I can do
1: is a. is <laughs> a goza bottle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but
0: I I do have to report. I've never experienced. I was
1: gonna say I've never experienced that either. And I like you. I think goza was one of my favorite styles. Yeah, and I've never really had an issue with it, but...
0: Yeah, I think beer drinking in general kind of, like, will upset my stomach, like, if I drink a ton,
1: but... Yeah, I do know <laughs> if you drink too many sours the next day, you'll have some issues. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, yeah, you that's right, you can learned <laughs> that.
1: And I can imagine maybe if you drink a lot of Goza, um, but I don't, you know, it's one of those beers you don't... Maybe drink. that
0: was the problem with these
1: German guys. Yeah, they were, like, drinking too a much That it. it's not a beer to me that, like... I, I want to sip it slowly, kind of enjoy it. It's not like something I want to drink a lot of in one night, but I
0: don't know. Um, so <clears throat> a few notes about like the modern Goza. Yeah.
1: What has it, it evolved into?
0: Most important, like if you're drinking just straight like Leipzig style Goza. Yeah. It's going to be a little tart. It's going to have a very like lemony floral aroma. No hot bitterness. Usually these beers hover around five, six IBUs. Basically nothing. Very highly carbonated, light bodied, highly attenuated, so very dry. And the flavor profile is going to be salty, kind of a floral spicy coriander, a little lemony from the wheat, very kind of sourdough bread, biscuity kind of bread flavor, underlying all that, and a nice tartness to go with that. That's it. Like, that is your goza and it is so good
1: just that description sounds amazing yeah
0: if you can get
1: yeah what would you anderson, recommend yeah
0: if you can get anderson valley's give me the ink and holy goza perfect style That's that hard to find out. it is hard to find they make because yeah.
1: they make like a million variants of goza and i've only found that one like the just un- unadulterated goza once but it was phenomenal
0: yeah, it is hard to find. Yeah, um, even they have like a variety pack out now, but it's all—it's not—it's all variants. Yeah, they have the cherry, the rose, the I think the yeah. Frambois, Frambois Frambois rose, and the, the briny uh, melon, briny melon, and, and the blood orange. The blood. Big but yes. So the Kimi the Ink and the Holy Goza would be—it's be great. Weldworks has their Leipzig style goza. So oh, it's, or, nice. Yeah, called just just goza it's okay. amazing that might be my all-time favorite honestly uh rubens is amazing rubens Goza. Uh westbrook's goza i mentioned earlier in 2012 they kind of reintroduced the out of the united states destil brewing in illinois they make one called here goes nothing i like that uh that's their base goza it's kind of funny i've had a, a few of their variants like a watermelon variant and a like a pina colada variant, they're terrible. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, their base Goza is amazing. Yeah. But their variants are really terrible. So, don't get anything weird. Just get the here goes a nothing. That's probably my most solid list. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't. I don't. I don't know if I've ever. I've seen a base goza, like a non-fruit goza, in a like brewery. Ever, Celtics maybe. Sweeter. Yeah. It's always some sort of...
1: Twist on it, yeah. Margarita, uh, yeah. Lime. Mm,
0: yeah, you're going to see that a lot. Um, In fact, like, you could... There's some, like, salt and lime gozes that are almost like Mexican lagers, mm-hmm. but, like, a little bit sour. Kind of an interesting taste profile. You can almost drink them with Mexican food and almost be the same experience. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, there you know there are fruits that blend very well with uh the style, like watermelon, I think,
1: yeah, I think melon and um like lime, like if you try to do like a margarita th- mm. they go so well uh, with with the base with the base flavors yeah. of goza
0: um also like passion fruit guava, those mm. tend to be pretty good goza adjuncts, but yeah it, it's crazy that you can. You can find them anywhere now. I've had a t- Taco Goza. Do you remember that?
1: <laughs> no. You
0: don't did remember you? that?
1: No. Was it good?
0: Yeah. Weldworks at the beer festival had the Taco Goza. It had the little taquito sticking in it. Do you remember that?
1: Did we have it together? Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't remember.
0: Yeah. It was it must weird. Been,
1: it must have been late in the. It <laughs> was like
0: a, a hot sauce Goza. It was very
1: strange. Did, you, did, we, did we like it?
0: Well, I mean, it was interesting, but it was like... The problem is, like, it was so spicy. It was such yeah. a spicy beer. Like, it was cool because it was, like, tomato-y and salsa. Like, I, I actually had a tomato goza. Uh,
1: yeah, that would have kind of work. Yeah,
0: like, sort of Bloody maryish. Yeah, like, exactly. Salty tomato. Yeah, it's actually really good. This, But, yeah, this taco goza was just too spicy.
1: Gotcha.
0: It's kind of weird to, like, drink something and it just not be, like, refreshing. Like, you feel like you need to drink something else to cool your mouth down. Yeah. So. But, yeah, uh i've seen some like smoky gozas oyster gozas we talked about yeah yeah
1: it's a versatile style i mean there's a lot of flavors you can mix uh with it and still come out with something interesting this is probably why everyone does so much crazy stuff with the style
0: yeah uh the other interesting thing too is we've talked a little bit about like brewing methods of sours before Val Allen goes over a lot of, like, different techniques in this book on, like, how different breweries um, sour their beers. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, you can just, you can literally, like, pitch yogurt into the wort um, to add souring bacteria. But okay. there's, like, but there's so many different side effects of that, like, because you're adding dairy, yeah, you're adding... Um, there's not always it's uh, not only going to be lactobacillus strains. You actually can't control like how much of what strains because you don't I mean, they maybe they list what strains are in the yogurt, but you don't know like in what percentage or or how many of what. So you like the flavor of your beer could be completely altered by a different strain of bacteria being more present than another. And so it's really interesting, like the Anderson Valley method. I mean, when I read through it, I I they lose me like halfway. Okay. Like, I feel like it's so complicated. He says it's, like, simple, but I feel like it's so complicated. Like, they, like, sour the wort with, like, tons of lactobacillus, like, at huge amounts. And then they, like, mix strengths and they cool it and they have to put, like, they have to put, like, argon gas. They have to fill the tank with, like, the rest of the tank with argon gas so that oxygen doesn't get in, like, they, have to, they very much protect it from oxygen Jeez. so that no aerobic bacteria can proliferate.
1: Yeah, so they're that's like, complicated. <laughs> yeah. We're not doing that in our garage. Yeah,
0: no, it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, But what they're hell bent on doing is making sure that that lactobacillus, that one lactobacillus strain is the only thing that's souring the beer. So they I don't see. get any off flavors. Yes. And yeah, the other thing too was like, to, so there's a lot of bacteria on the grain itself. Okay, and lots of different strains. So, like, where some brewery might like use that grain, use the the strains of bacteria off the grain that's just naturally sour the beer with those bacteria, but you don't. Again, like, you don't have a lot of control over which bacteria is the most dominant. Whereas they're like they get the they get the wort off the grain as quickly as possible. Um, and pitch it with so much lactobacillus that there's almost like no the the lactobacillus strain they want. It's gonna dominate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So very interesting the souring techniques that are used now. Yogurt, probiotic drinks. Um and then, you know, just adding lactic acid fat on so that's like just not it's just not the same. Okay. So that's like you're gonna get that's kind of the weird landscape of sour beers in general right now is this sort of like, I don't know, you can ask, ask just to find out how your uh, sour beer is soured. Because you might be like, this is this weird, this doesn't taste right, and find out like, oh, it's just lactic acid added.
1: Interesting. And they say that's not as good, huh?
0: It just like doesn't taste as natural or right. Hmm. Um,
1: Makes sense.
0: You know, and then there's breweries that just do a combination. You know, if they're the bacteria that came off the grain didn't sour it enough, they'll just add lactic acid to sour it, <laughs> where they bump want to it up a it. little
1: bit. Yeah.
0: The really Crazy. interesting thing about um, Anderson Valley is that they use this English ale yeast to pitch after they've um, soured it and boiled it, but the pH is so low. Now, this this yeast like is able to ferment in that low pH but it it doesn't survive it really it doesn't survive it to the point of them being able to um, capture yeast and reuse it that strain again so they literally have to like they can't reuse yeast they have to always have it available
1: wow They,
0: they can't use it from one batch to the other right like a lot of breweries with a lot of yeast they would just have their house cultures that they would just continually um harvest off of uh each fermentation so
1: so they to uh, sacrifice then, the yeast yeah, on the altar
0: just, of that um, beer. Hard on the yeast, yeah.
1: Dang, 100%. that's really cool. Um,
0: so if you ever get a chance, like uh, this Goza book, we should give it a lot of credit, Goza book yeah. by Fall Allen is uh, awesome. It's Goza, Brewing a Classic German Beer for the Modern Era. It's actually funny. This is, this is the first chapter is basically the history of the beer, but the remaining chapters are especially interesting for anyone who home brews because it's just a lot about um, the science and how to brew and uh, the different sort of chemical makeups of each of these like different eras of goza and what they would have been. And um, so it's, it's it's interesting books, for especially for me as a goza nerd. Um, <laughs> But even just the history of this beer is incredible, like how long it was and how, again, how many times it was saved. Because we've had some other deep dives where it got saved once or twice, but this was like three or four times. Yeah, it was saved not like four times,
1: yeah, yeah, which is crazy.
0: Cool. But that is a testament to how amazing this style I is. I know.
1: that so many people. Someone is
0: always passionate enough to be like, no, this cannot go away.
1: Steven, I feel like you're passionate enough about Goza that um if we suddenly oh, find I ourselves never <laughs> if we find ourselves in a post apocalyptic future, you're gonna be like setting up a brewery. like, I will okay, really like, goza. I got a beer.
0: <laughs> I, got, I got a beer that everyone's gonna like.
1: Nice. It'll be then you'll be in the history books. It's the fifth fifth savior of Goza.
0: Just need some salt and coriander. <laughs> <laughs> and wheat.
1: All right. Well, do you think we've done justice to your favorite beer style? I mean, I hope so. I More
0: than anything, I just hope that my passion for this beer style came through because I do love it.
1: I think it did. And I know you love it. And I love it as well. It's not my favorite, favorite, but it's very close. It's probably my top three.
0: I feel like any beer competition, you just call me up. <laughs> be like, we have some beers you need to try. Some Gozes. Like, I don't want to judge any other category.
1: You should be, like, become the ultimate Goza judge. That's the only style you judge. I think I could be. You hyper-specialize. Yeah. All right, start working on it. Yeah, we there's gotta,
0: no way I could ju- I could be, a, like, a thorough judge on any other style. But that one, I can tell you when there's a good one or not.
1: We got to get our certification.
0: We should get, um, level- uh, we should get
1: one at least. What did we call it?
0: It's
1: not a sommelier. It's a- yeah, the
0: sommelier is a blind
1: it's got a name i don't remember
0: Uh, we don't even know the name
1: yeah we're a long ways off from being level one we don't even know to google wait it was like uh oh
0: man we suck google who does uh who does joe rogan always ask for who's this guy he always asks for
1: jamie (laughs) jamie jamie Jamie, can you pull that (laughs) it's a cicerone cicerone ah you need to become Cicerones. You're Italian, and they, you should remember that. <laughs> and then we gotta ultra, you got to ultra-specialize in Goza. All right, that is the bucket list.
0: It's like a medical specialty. You know? <laughs> After years and years of school, then I have to go on to the Goza specialty.
1: Yeah, you'll be level four Cicerone with this hyper focus. I'll be able to
0: charge so much for my services.
1: I don't know about that, sir. <laughs>
0: like, we're not sure. We're having a hard time deciding which one should get gold and which one should get silver. Bring in in Steve.
1: (laughs) All right, well, if you need Stephen to resolve your... uh, Yeah, if you're not
0: sure if you'd like it goes there or not.
1: Yeah, your uh, beer competition tiebreaker, you can contact us at contact.attenuation at Gmail. (laughs) 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 We're also at Instagram. Now that email's going to (laughs) be... Oh, it's going to blow up, sir. (laughs) We're also, uh, you can also reach us on Instagram at podcast. So, yeah. And Stephen will be posting interesting pictures. And I will occasionally post a picture.
0: <laughs> I should have taken a picture of my watermelon tahini beer.
1: You should have. I took a picture of my goats are Red, but I don't think it's Instagram worthy. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm always like, I like, pour the beer on, on the podcast, and then I don't take a picture, so...
1: Yeah, and it's like this isn't a great setting. The lighting in here is not great, and eh, maybe I'll post it anyways. I don't care. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that that's a. The wrap people
0: want to see what you're thinking.
1: <laughs> they don't care if my uh, photography is on point. Mm-mm. All right. Cool. I'll post it then. Well, I think that is wrap on episode twenty-five. My name is Jason, and I'm joined by my best friend since eighth grade, Stephen. That's me. <laughs> and we are saying cheers and adieu until next time of episode 26 of attenuation up your podcast cheers buddy cheers thanks for listening to this week's episode of attenuation of your podcast don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on instagram or facebook for more fun content catch you next week cheers